Good evening, Bill. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. I'm uh, on vacation. You had, a, little, some time you had off. a successful little shoot tonight? That's right. Just got, um, got done shooting some band photos for one of the bands that I play in, the Diddy Committee. Uh, it's part of a larger involved project, as I've explained to you. Sure. But it's, it's, it felt really good to just sort of, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel like a photographer again. Because you know, quality. yeah, yeah, it's nice. Because I, you know, having having taken on the day job, uh, which is still in the photo business and doing photo related stuff, um, for a good couple of months there, I was not thinking photographically, and uh, you know, just sort of got got away from me, you know. And I forgot that I had all, I, you know, I acquired this pretty nice collection of gear and some 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 cool skills and techniques and stuff. But then you know, if you stop using it, uh, you forget about it. So yep. now I'm starting to use it again and starting to remember again, and, and it's fun. And I think, uh, I think uh, I've got some good-looking stuff here that I, uh, I'm excited about. That's very cool. Yeah. So How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm uh, dealing with some frustrating clients, but other than that, I'm okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, clients. So, so what do you think of 3D? 3D. The third 3D. dimension. 3D is all the rage in AV stuff now. All it's these true. manufacturers are trying to get us to buy new TVs. It's or true. A t- or a TV at all, in my case. <laughs> also my case. I do not own a television. Um, you know, all these movies, you spend an extra $4 to see it in, in 3D, the whole nine. Let me just say something, though. I just, I just said something earlier, a second ago, that I feel I should comment on. Do you know people like this? Have you noticed there's there's a certain what's the word I don't know attitude there's some people who like make it a point to let you know that they don't own a television you know what I'm talking about that kind of yes. person yeah I'm not that kind of person when I say I don't own a television I'm speaking extremely literally like specifically I watch yeah. more television shows and movies than I think the average person does right but you just, I just don't, don't get cable and have a TV. I actually, yeah, I don't have cable TV. I, I, my primary internet connection is a, is a cable connection. Uh, I just don't have a television set. I don't have a, if it, I, yeah, I don't even have a VCR anymore. I used to have like just an old VHS deck which had a, a TV tuner in it. But even now, I, uh, as of my last move, I don't have any means of tuning in a television uh, or, you know, anything over a coaxial cable. I, I'd have to put up a But, but I, you know, I kind of feel like that is a, it's sort of like people who eight, ten years ago only had cell phones. You know, the what first people only? who oh yeah, the yeah. first people who who cut the cord as who didn't the have proverbial cord who didn't have landlines. You know, I think that's a great analogy. I would say yeah, I'm it's just I'm, like that. I'm like that. Yeah, and the other the other thing is my sort of I guess my the, my uh, consumer electronics. You know, one of the, another reason I don't have a television is because I don't sit on a couch and watch TV. You know, I know there's there's tons of people out there who have like a TV, or maybe it's like in the kitchen or in the living room, and then they sure. have a couch, and then they like that's like a thing. They sit down and they, or they have like, four or five televisions all over or, the house, or, or yeah, or at the foot of the bed or on the, yeah. the nightstand or whatever. I'm see, I live in a small apartment. I spend the majority of my time in my apartment, uh, in my bedroom, uh, which is home to my bed and my desk, which are like literally sitting right next to each other. And I have a large enough display on my computer so that I can, you know, view full screen uh, when I view a movie or a television show. I can be in bed if I want to, or if I'm just at my desk, I can I can watch whatever sure. I want to just fine. And since I'm by yeah. myself most of the time, that it's how I prefer. You know, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I should also say, just to round that out, is that I do have a couch and a living room type area in my apartment where I have been known to entertain guests and we have been known to play video games and or watch movies or television and for that i actually have uh an old school epson uh video projector which i will hook up to one of my computers and shoot stuff onto the wall and that works out just fine that's fun that's fun yeah it's fun but it's not like something i have like permanently installed i mean i'd have to you know whenever i whenever i know i'm having someone over it takes me 10 15 minutes to get it all set up and whatever but that's that's again for my personal lifestyle you know choice i'm not gay uh it uh it works out just fine yeah it's it's funny all of these sort of weird you know you there are podcasts devoted to home theater right 
Oh my these god! People yeah. talk about home theaters all the time. Not to mention I, the whole audiophile thing. Huh? Right, right. And don't, okay, now, now, okay. Well, there, there's I, I there's a little rip on me because yeah, because Bill because I'm a one of, bit them. of an audio, right. audiophile. Yeah. Right. So in fact, this this is funny. This comes up because um, l- the last week I was going through my closet and I was trying to get rid of some stuff, making some room. Uh huh. And I found an old Adcom two channel power amp, a GFA fifty three hundred for those interested. A very nice little eighty watt power amp. Uh, for your stereo. Is it tubes? Uh, no, this is solid state. Solid but, state. But, you know, new there, I don't know, $400 for the power amp, whatever. On for eBay, 80 watts? They, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Were you okay. saying that's a lot or a little? I don't know. It seems like not a lot of watts for that kind of money. Well, that's because it's a really nice power amp. You know, it's good. Okay. It's, it's not what you're buying at Best Buy. You know, this is like no, you're going I, to I, a stereo I, store. I, no, it's true. Yeah. Um, Adcom is, is definitely a premier Adcom's brand. good gear. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, I wasn't using it anymore in my current system, and I hadn't for years, but I'd kept it in the closet. So I said, I'm going to sell it. So I go on eBay, and they're going for $80, $90, $100. That's it. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. I remember my brother-in-law mentioned to me this site called audiogon.com, mm-hmm. which is basically kind of like, you know, the Fred Miranda stuff where the people sell photo gear on, on the forums? I don't know if you've ever seen this. Anyway, people do. It sounds it's familiar, like, but uh, it's like yeah. it's like just photo people sell shit there. This is just for audio dorks selling stuff here. Sure. So I put it up, $150 or best offer. I've got the original box. I put a couple of pictures, whatever it is. Guy wrote me, said, how about 130 I said, how about 140 cash? He said, done. Boom. And I was going into town the other day to Penn Station to get Heather, and I I carried this box with me, and... And I met him in Amtrak, and he gave me $140, and he took it. Done. Nice. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Right. Now, but it, the, the, so I got to talking to him for a couple of minutes, and it was just funny how I have a serious stereo. I have, like, all this high-end Adcom gear. I have uh, B&W Nautilus 804 speakers. I mean, my stereo probably cost me around $10,000 total. Really? Um, yeah. Two-channel. Um, Jesus. I have a serious stereo. What the uh, fuck? Wait, what yeah. the hell costs so much money? Well, the speakers are. F- oh, I guess the speakers $4, are like five hundred dollars each. Thousand dollars? No, a pair. Oh, and then the- my power amp was two grand. Jesus. Yeah. So I I have a serious stereo, but what I was going to say is that I don't listen to it that much anymore, and it kind of makes me feel guilty that I don't listen to it that yeah, much. Yeah, man. Because I mean, when I do turn gear, it on, you you need to have a room that you can listen to that shit yeah. in. Yeah. No, I mean, and this room actually isn't that bad to listen as long as you have enough furniture in it to like deaden it down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's and when I do turn it on, it sounds fantastic. I mean, it, like, sure. and it really makes you notice. Why Everything. people I mean, listen to yeah. this kind of crap? You know, you like you, you no, realize I, why people care about this stuff. Totally. Um, no, I, I've heard systems like that, and it's right. like, it's like the, it's like uh, it's like, like I would make an analogy. To like it's almost like going to a movie. You know, it's like yes. the difference between seeing between seeing something on the big screen and and not. I mean, you that's, can't say it's it, like no, going to a concert no, because it's different. But that's it's very similar to going to a movie versus watching your movie at home on a regular TV. Yeah, yeah. it's right. it's it's yeah. You definitely notice it, and it's like wow. It's, but, it's, it's up a whole other level. Yeah, now, it's this, true. now it's great. Now this is all to say that I never took the leap into multi-channel. Now I have an SACD player, which most people don't know what they are, <laughs> yeah. but a Super What's Audio the, CD, Super Audio <laughs> CD. It's a Sony format that came out about uh, probably ten years ago now. Why does it um, totally sound like a Sony type of name too? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It, well, the, the the technology behind it, which I won't get into right now. Basically, regular audio. What they do is they they take the waveform, they split it up a certain amount of times, the sampling rate. So for CDs, it's forty four thousand one hundred times a second. They measure the where the wave is. Uh huh. Okay. And then they they save the height of the wave. The you know they measure it with x amount of data per measurement. You know uh-huh. how how perfectly they're measuring it. So for CDs, it's sixteen bit forty four thousand times a second. Sure. Um, now you could get higher. This is so-called PCM, pulse code modulation encoding. So uh-huh. it all has to do with you know how they do this encoding. Now, you could sample it more times per second, and you could give it more information per sample, and it sounds really good. And that's what DVD audio is, or you can download high-res files online of music and whatever it is. All of that is true. 
uh-huh. um, in the 80s, Sony was trying to figure out a way to archive their older stuff. And they came up with this system called DSD, Digital Direct Stream Digital. And the basic gist of it is that instead of sampling 44,000 times a second or 96,000 times a second, they sample 1.4 million times a second. Million. Million times a second. And they only record one bit. A one if the signal went up since last time and a zero if it went down since last time. Right. I heard about that. So it's just a stream of ones and zeros, one and a half million of them a second. Sounds like a great idea. It's it's fantastic, and it means that the conversion from digital back to analog can actually be done with a low-pass filter, but I'm not going to get into the technology of all that kind of stuff. The practical okay. upshot of it is that it's fantastic. I mean, the so sound wh- of it what is happened? fantastic. How come I don't have it on, on, my, on my iPod? Well, you don't have it on your iPod uh, because the average person doesn't care about how things sound. Uh, I see. Because people didn't really, you know, people say, oh, it was the audio quality of CDs. No, it was not. It was the convenience of CDs. It was jumping between tracks on CDs is what made people excited about CD. Totally. Um, and the fact that they didn't wear out. That's, these are the things that made CD big, not because it actually sounded better um, to the average person. Um, no, agreed. agreed. I myself have, my father owned record stores when I was growing up. I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CDs, um, and I have as i said a fancy stereo and the whole thing but one thing one leap i never made sacd doesn't just do two channel sound it also does 5.1 and 7.1 surround sound um Hmm. in fact i have dark side of the moon remastered on sacd which is better than vinyl editions of it for like vinyl dorks say that it is the best version out there you know that kind of thing um wow it's got a two-track recording on there like the original and they also have the 5.1 surround. I never got involved with surround. You know, most mm. of the surround systems people have are crappy because they're all like, you know, smaller speakers in the back and a different speaker. Like if to do surround correctly, you need to have all the same speakers all the way around. Well, not with so all much, as much you also power, need, like the proper equidistant, room. and yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's 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 absurdly complex to set up correctly. You know, um, I remember listening to a 5.1 surround. Uh, recording of Steely Dan, Babylon Sisters, mm. at uh, Gateway Mastering, Bob Ludwig's place up in Maine. Really? Yeah, I was uh, I was up for an interview, a job interview, and uh, and Bob's like, "Oh, you got to hear this," and he like sits me down and plays me this Babylon Babylon Sisters like Babylon Sisters, shake it, and they like comes from like around the back and the whole thing, you know. Oh, nice. I recently heard a five point one surround remix of Thriller that oh. uh, that a guy I heard was about doing. It. Yeah, uh, this uh, Mick Kazowski, this guy shot this incredible mix engineer, was doing it at his house. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you working on? He's like, oh, I'm working on these remixes of Thriller. And this was before Michael Jackson died, a few weeks before he died. I was up there. Oh, wow. And he played me stuff, and it was insane. Off the, from the original master tapes he was working. Actually, wow, so he had they, the original Thriller masters. Well, they, they actually had been transferred to 24-bit Pro Tools sessions, and he was working oh, so off like- of those. 24 like 192 like super yeah probably super that's what he was probably using nice. either 24 192 or 24 96 but he was like yeah Still. so he was working from these super high res pro tool sessions but anyway the point of this is that i am a big audio dork but there was a point at which yeah. i gave up you know where it just became like you know what this is so niche yeah how many recordings am i actually going to listen to and sit in the exact right spot and what kind of enjoyment right. for price performance ratio am I going to get out of this? You know? Yeah. I, and, yeah, man. And I feel like that is a big part of the problem with 3D. I, would, I completely agree. Although, I, I, let, me, let me say this. Um, I, was, I, I'm on, I think you and I are in the same boat as far as 3D being a little bit of a gimmick, a little bit, it's getting a little bit more uh, credit than it deserves right now. Well, it's I think people trying to, to sell you crap avatar but um i gotta tell you man um i was recently uh sat in front of uh one of the new samsung i want to say one of the you know sure. well 45 inch 48 inch um lcd no led i think it's an led based display with the th- you know with the 3d i want to say it cost around two grand maybe 2500 bucks yeah and uh it came with a pair of the glasses, you know, the special polarized glasses, and 
the demo, and it also this is a, a bundle. Don't get me started on the glasses, by the way. Oh, so okay. me hey. and four friends come over, and like we have to have yeah. five sets yeah. of glasses that yeah. cost two hundred bucks do. a piece or whatever. You do. That's how it works. It costs like fifty bucks each. Anyway, so the, the, we bought this kit. We got it from B and H. Um, and the kit included a uh, obviously the television set, um, a, a, a DVD. Wait, uh, you bought this? No, somebody we bought, bought this. It, bought it at work. Um, oh, okay. It, it was a blue a Blu-ray. A th- I guess you need a special. Th- I don't know if you need a special 3D Blu-ray. You do. I encoder. think. I don't know. I, I think Blu-ray is big enough to hold 3D data. I don't it know. is, anyway, but you have came, to you have to get a player that can read it off or something. Yeah. Maybe I can't remember. I think it goes over HDMI natively though. So as long as your DVD player has HDMI out, it should be okay. Anyway, so it came. With, we got the player. We got the the two pairs of glasses. We got the the, the tube, and then and it also came with a demo movie. Um, which in this case was Monsters vs. Aliens. Okay. Which, as uh, a you know, kid's movie, um, totally computer-generated. Um, uh, which makes it easy for them. Yeah. And, dude, I got to gotta say, man, it was, you know, we sat there and we watched it for about 15 minutes. And it's the, I would say it's the exact same vibe, the same feel as, as the movie theater style 3D. Yeah. Now, not, not not saying that that's great, I, you right. know, but that that that's an impressive feat. The fact that you can take that same overall feel and and, and transfer it to something that you can put in your bedroom um, is is kind of cool, you know. And yeah, I, it I, is cool, but but just like really amazing sounding, just like the original master tapes, audio is cool. Right. Is it cool enough to spend? How much was this kit? It's this like twenty five hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Plus, how much are the DVDs? You know what I mean? And and are people buying DVDs now? Because I thought everyone's going to stop buying Blu-rays and start buying, you know, everything's going to yeah. be digital downloads. And then is there a standard for, you know, the 3D files? Because maybe they need a special container. You know what I mean? It, like, yeah, yeah. All that stuff that goes along with it. Would you pay, if you were paying $10 for a movie to download, to rent, yeah. Yeah. would you pay $15 to get the 3D one if you had the setup at home? If I had would the you setup, pay fifty percent sure. more? Yeah, yeah. But why not? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, but is but it the kind of thing that works? That much more money. Yeah. Okay. But it works on action movies, animated stuff. Are you going to care if you're watching a romantic comedy, or you know? It, 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 that's a great point. That you, so the answer is no, and that and that's that's something we should talk about. Um, since since the wave of of the three D craze has, has kicked. Um, I've I've been forced to sort of not forced, but I've been finding myself making decisions now because I'm sure you've noticed um, there's a is a huge trend in in 3D ifying or 3D izing or or converting to 3D or whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, you know, major theatrical releases, and although most of the no- time they don't tell you that before, you know. They say, "Oh, it's 3D," but then you know the real dorky people know that it was shot normally, and they added yeah, the 3D of course. after. And yeah. you know, and th- yeah, that's that's exactly. Uh, but what it, I was just but it's say. almost like these people are ruining it because of the people who really care about this stuff. It's like right. y- somebody might see that and see it, it looks crappy, and they're like, "All right, well, this 3D stuff's a bunch of bull." Right. Well, here's so here's what I was going to say. The thing the thing that I think is uh, that is really important um, is is that you you have to treat 3D. As a, as a as a medium or whatever as a, as a as a technique, yeah. with the same intention that you would treat any other medium, and it's not getting that right now. No. You know, I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. Well, it's, you know, it's almost. Go ahead. That? Well, there's there's no. a lot of people who claim, you know, your your eyes don't. I mean, you see depth, but your eyes don't work the way 3D is making your eyes work. That, well, the, that that you know yeah, you don't that. see things in 3D beyond 30 feet, you know. No, that that's true. And, 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 but, and but, a, a good but in these movies, they overdo it. You know what I mean? A lot of people no, say, it, you know true. what? Don't spend the time doing 3D. Spend the time getting two and 4K movies done because just yeah. the huge increase in resolution makes your mind start doing 3D on its own naturally. That's yeah. That's an interesting argument. I hadn't heard that, um, and that makes. That, that I could definitely see that making some. I mean, I, I found that myself just, you know, having recently switched to medium format digital, just that, you know, like, wow, these files are so much deeper and so much crisper. Uh, I find myself looking at them with a different sort of different pair of eyes. Yeah. I mean, what even I was, the, jump, I, the jump from DVD to Blu-ray, I feel, makes you watch the movie differently. Just yeah, I, I haven't spent any time with a, with a Blu-ray. Come on, I, you, I, you've I, got I a couple don't really of care about it files, that. don't you? 
No, you don't have anything I'm, in 1080p that, that you my, found? It, dude, that shit's all giant. I mean, find it all the time, but it's, I'm not going to fucking download 13 gigs of stupid television or shit like that. You, know? you should okay. one day just to see what it looks like. All right, fine. It's pretty Maybe. impressive. Maybe I will. Anyway, what I was going to say is um, when you're making um, a 3D composition, it's not it's, – it's it, first of all, let's talk a little bit about the technique. Um, of, of how 3D is, is made. Yes. Um, a lot of people don't fully respect or understand it. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, the concept is basically you, you're, you're trying to replicate the same point of view as a pair of human eyes, mm-hmm. which basically means you're taking two cameras or two lenses uh, and you're trying to position them in such a way that they are physically, you know, located in the same orientation as a pair of human eyes. Yes. So that means that, you know, you need to have two cameras um, set up in such a way that, that they're only about three or four inches apart. And then as if that wasn't enough, the problem is human eyes are not static. They don't hold still. You know, we're not like, you know, your eyes are not, you know, glued in a single position. You know, like case in point, if you take your finger and you put it, hold it about four inches away from your nose, and then you focus your eyes on your finger, mm-hmm. your eyes are effectively crossed, right? Mm-hmm. And if you extend your finger all the way out to arm's length and focus on it, your eyes are way more straight. Yes. And you, so your, 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 your eyeballs eyes can just, yaw inside the eyeballs. Exactly. They move from left to right. And if you want to do 3D properly, you need to take things like that into consideration when you're making your compositions, when you're, when you're composing your shots. And it's, I mean, you and I both know that it's one thing to do that in the capacity of still photography, like if you're just taking a picture of a person standing there. But if you're trying to do this in, in, in four dimensions, in, in, mo- in motion, you know, with moving people and yeah. shit like that, that's, that's huge. That's a huge amount of work. And, I mean, I guess there's probably a fair amount of people out there that don't fully understand the difference between a, a still shot and a, and a moving shot. I mean, one of my favorite examples is, is when you, you try to explain to somebody like why motion picture cameras don't have autofocus, you know, it's like, well, there's a dude who does it. His, you know, autofocus, his name is Steve. He's right over there. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a guy holding a little knob, um, either a, with a remote control or, a, you know, a, or, a, or a whip attached to it. And, you know, there's a dude who's in charge of, of, that, you know, they call it pulling the focus. You know, yep. uh, he's the one who's in charge of focusing the camera. There's another guy who's in charge of the iris or the aperture. And then there's another guy whose job is just to make sure everything looks good. And then there's two other guys there to, to move the freaking camera around. And yep. then there's another dude there with the measuring tape to make sure everything looks like that. And it's this huge production. And then, the, and then when they shoot this stuff, even, especially more so in the, old, in the old film days, they had to rehearse that shit. Yeah. It was, they spent more time just re- rehearsing the moves of like where the camera's going to go, where the actors are going to stand, where they're going to look, all that other crap. And it's, it's like, just to get one stupid shot. It's like automation in a recording studio. Like exactly, but, yeah. but you can't. You have to. Right. Fr- it's like a dance. It's like learning this dance routine. And I mean, which is why many, you have so much more appreciation for these things. If you, yeah, tried that's to do why that. I do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, how many how many shots does the does the average motion picture have? What three hundred or yeah. something like that? And it's that's also, I mean, it also makes it. These are the reasons why it's so much easier to do this stuff in three D uh, animation. Wise. Right in the, in the computer. Yeah. In the computer. Okay. So we just add another. We add another lens. We shoot it from another angle, and then we put it together. And render in it post. out. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, but then that's where it gets more critical, though, because now because you have that level of control, you should be able to make it. You know, you should be able to have some fun, make it compelling, yeah. and not make me sick. Well, the <laughs> other problem is that I mean, the the way that they show movies has a lot to do with it too. There's multiple 3D systems. In theaters, right? There's this real 3D, and then there's the Dolby 3D, and right. the Dolby's more real than the real 3D, and all this kind of stuff, you know. But w- some of them look much better than others, supposedly. I'll tell you, the the I didn't see, I did not see, uh, what's it called, uh, Avatar. Avatar. I did not see Avatar in 3D. The last 3D movie yeah. I saw, and the first one I've seen in a while, was Car- Michael uh, Jackson's Moonwalker. No, uh, Coraline. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you know, Coraline. The, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like I saw it in ago. 3D and it drove me nuts. Yeah, you know that it was made the first me like it made movie. it made my eyes hurt. Yeah, man, I remember having a similar feeling. Um, I was, but it was hard for me to give it crap because it was so darn creative. It was and beautiful and 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 all that, but like the 3D effects in it made my eyes work really hard to to, to have. Yeah, that that's what well, I think I, that would be my my problem was like I was so busy. Um, digging my brain into 
the, the just the way that they made the film. I mean, the, the the fact that they combined stop motion puppet photography with CG facial animation, you know, and they like, and then all the cool compositing tricks and all that other crap. Um, that on its own in two D is yeah. enough to to, to exactly. To, to entice it, it doesn't me. need three D to to make it, to take it to the next level. But the fact that they did that and they did really shoot it with two cameras yeah. in a lot of in a lot of stuff. Um, it, it was, yeah, I think it was a, a victim for me. It just took a little bit too much. Uh, and then there's the people like my sister who, you know, her eyes don't work together the way they should. You know, mm. she's always had, she, when she, when she was born, you know, her eyes were a little, you know, so she wears really thick glasses and you know, mm. w- the whole thing, but not really thick, but she wears glasses and the whole thing. And when she gets tired, no, sure. her some eyes people, gets some a little lazy and she can't the see this stuff, you know? Oh, she, so you're saying 3D just doesn't work for her? Yeah, I mean, I mean, she has depth perception in real life, but 3D, like, in movies, she has a really hard time seeing it as 3D. I also can't... Oh, that sucks. You know what I can't see are those, uh, the magic paintings? I can't see those either. I've, dude, never I've never, been never able to seen see one. one of those stupid magic eye paintings Maybe that's either. the problem with us, is that <laughs> we just don't get it. No. I just Look, I think that it's very cool, and I think if you were going to see avatar or something like that in the theater i would like to see inception if yeah. it was available although i would take seeing a movie in imax in no it wasn't you don't want to see it but i would rather see a movie like uh in in imax over right. seeing it in 3d agreed but even even still there's, that's another pet peeve of mine is how much shit dude all imax is is like night like 90 percent of the Giant films that screen. they show in imax are just freaking up up resed it's yeah. just like oh we just shot it on you know we but just having an enormous it. screen means something you know what i mean it, it does but man sometimes those negatives don't sometimes those prints don't oh, sometimes hold up. they don't hold up sure absolutely it just doesn't look good uh but i mean i saw apollo 13 in imax that was pretty cool was it? I'm trying yeah, to think. They re-released in IMAX. IMAX, and it was pretty badass. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, the, the only stuff that really turned my head um, in IMAX is the shit that's shot in IMAX. I think I saw one of the they, the a friend of mine was it a friend of mine? I can't remember who, but we went to we went to like a double like a back to back double feature, and we watched um, some underwater thing, okay. which was super cool, man. It, like they were in Hawaii, and the, you know they put the the IMAX rig underwater and you know when the thing is projected and you're like you're like totally surrounded you're in the by bubble the, by and this. underwater it yeah. was it was really really impressive man i i like i vividly well, yeah. have vivid I mean, look, in the space ones, that you can't like. go wrong with that shit yeah watching yeah, yeah, watching yeah. a shuttle launch like on imax is pretty it's pretty sweet yeah it's pretty sweet um, so that like that kind of stuff is I, cool. I saw iron we saw iron man 2 down on on imax down in austin yeah um it was fine you know i mean it wasn't like oh my god this is unshakably better than regular you know then the problem is is that your average modern multiplex theater looks pretty good nowadays you know no like you know, two or four digital projectors play. And, you know, the whole thing no it's true but it's sort of kind of echoing uh, our earlier conversation about audio um you and i both are a little bit probably a little bit more aware of this um than the average person but um I'm a huge fan of how one of my favorite thing, you know, just concepts is is just how subconsciously powerful audio is in in the in the motion picture, you know, genre, whatever you want, idiom, you know, like yep. just how how much of a difference a, an audio track, be it the music, the sound, the dialogue, sure. all that crap, makes. Uh, you can take a really shitty looking little pencil drawn animation, give it a dynamite soundtrack and it it yeah. feels differently than vice versa and and you could say that you could say the same thing you could take this amazingly shot thing like the just beautiful imagery and if it doesn't have the right soundtrack yeah it it, it looks and feels awful although um, i have no problem it's funny considering the audio dork that i am yeah when i watch movies on my 30 inch monitor yeah like sitting in my bed from yeah. 10 feet away i listen mm-hmm. with a pair of event monitors like studio monitors but like sure in stereo no subwoofer just like a you know six and a half inch woofer like i yeah. don't i personally don't need surround sound for movies no it, it so, doesn't do anything for was, me no here's the point that i was going to make though um i have definitely found noticeable differences from one theater one auditorium to the next and i think that actually has an effect man uh you know you know my, my like 
Sometimes, you know, picking the right spot in the movie theater to sit, um, seeing a movie uh, on an opening weekend with a full, you know, with a full full house versus an empty house, um, getting, you know, getting obviously the other benefit of of seeing it when it first comes out is is getting the cleanest possible print. Yep. Um, Although less of an issue with digital. Well, it's true. Digital, obviously, it doesn't matter. Um, But, uh, but yeah, man, some, some rooms, some, some theaters just don't, they don't have it loud enough or the, the, or the mix isn't done just right. Or, or it's too, like the problem I have with IMAX, I think again, in addition to it being like blown out, um, is those fucking rooms are so, so big that unless it it has a shitload of people in there to, to, to eat up the sound, it's too boomy. No, I gotcha. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking the last one I went to, I, I, I was years ago. I think we saw Spider-Man or maybe it was 300 or something. One of those, you know, summer blockbusters. And, we, you know, it, it was an empty place. But we'll say there was 100 people in a 500, you know, person yeah. room. And it just, it just, it was totally, it, it was like, okay, great. I'm, I spent 18 bucks on this for, yeah, for yeah. nothing. Yeah. No, um, it's true. I just, yeah. it's funny how, though, I mean, you really got to question, is this really... Are the people in the industry honestly think that this is the next thing or have they already sold us all our 1080p flat panels and we know we're not going to buy another one in the next three, four years and they're trying to find something new to sell us? Yeah, I don't know. It's, you a, know, it's a tough... And are yeah. the people in the industry... like, I mean, if you really sat down with you know, whoever, some director, you know, and said, do you really honestly think... you know? You and I sitting down, having a beer, talking about this next to a fire. Do you really think that 3D adds something, you know? Well, that, and I think that comes around to what I was saying before, in that you really do need to, to I, think, I think artists, you know, directors, whatever, uh, really need to respect 3D as another, as another like, right. piece of equipment. Right. But, you know what I'm saying? It's like, but a lot oh, of cool. times they I do got it. this new lens and yes. I'm going to use it on every single yeah. shot because yeah. it's so cool. It's like, right. dude, but use the, use the lens for what it's for. True, but know? don't they have enough to think about, you know, th- think about the amount of technology they think about now to the detriment of the story and the acting and all the rest of it, you know? It's true. It's true. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why they made such a big deal about Avatar, um, and, uh, you know, obviously you, you can't speak to this because you haven't seen it in 3D. I saw it in 3D. I don't remember what. I mean, the other interesting thing about it, I thought, was that uh, they did it. You know, I think there's more than just two. I think there's three or four different official flavors of, of you know, movie theater style 3D. Yeah. Uh, so I and I couldn't tell you which one I saw, um, but I can tell you that I walked out of there, you know, feeling like that was the best, best implementation of that tool sure. and that technique that I've ever seen. To the detriment um, of the script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course, dude. Well, I just but, don't understand why this man can't learn that. Like, just hire really good scriptwriters and then make your movie. Don't you, God complex nut job. You, like, stop. yeah, but at the same time, you you also have to adjust your expectations, man. I mean, you have to understand what his what his big picture goal was. His picture his big picture goal wasn't wasn't to to turn the world on its end and, and write this amazing amazing story. His big picture goal was to make a ton of money yes. and to and to create a, a a finished product that would appeal to the most, yeah. you know, to the lowest possible common denominator. And I think he did that. that. It's funny that props. that like his arguably his best movie. I I think I think True Lies is probably Cameron's best movie. What? Yeah. Are you going to talk about Terminator? What? No. Aliens. What? True Lies? Yeah, I like True Lies. Tom Arnold? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome in that movie. Did I like True Lies Jack- because it has an because act- it, it has an actual script that like isn't absolutely awful. Cuz I think somebody else wrote it. You know. Did you see the scene at the end with the jet plane oh, and yeah, the no, jumping it's silly. The jet absolutely plane. silly. But like oh. all of his movies are silly. No, I want you know no, it's funny. I watch all silly. I, there's I, some silliness, but there's. What, you, I think what you're calling silly, you know, when there's science fiction yeah, look, involved. My, when fiction. Look, my best friend loves aliens. My I would Andy say if I huge if you aliens. Ask me what fan. my favorite was? I would say aliens is probably right. my favorite. Too. I I I watched aliens recently again uh-huh. after a long time. Which one? The the fi- the original cut or the director's cut? Uh, I don't know what I ended up downloading. Let's say it's the original cut. Okay, because I don't think it was directors. And I honestly, like, got up a number of times to, like, go get drinks and stuff because, I, like, I, I, I had to force my way through it. I never got aliens. Okay. Well, that says a lot you know? right there. Yeah. 
The fact that it never appealed to you, even back in '86 yeah. when it first maybe came out. maybe it's the same thing as you know Led Zeppelin, like we said earlier. Like I just that's that's a good point. Doesn't do anything for me. You Did know? you play with Lego when you were a kid? Yes. Like, would you consider yourself like a serious Lego fan? I was a Lego nut. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Why? When did you? St- how old were you when you stopped playing with Lego? I don't know. I have a really hard time because I can't remember details of things from my childhood. Um, why not? I don't know. Were you a drunk? I didn't remember one thing. I don't. I don't have any memories before kindergarten. Well, that's not uncommon. There's a few people that are like that. Yeah, I, I don't remember any of that stuff. So, um, I don't know. Maybe thirteen. That's about. That's about right. Why? What, what were you? But you never. Get, you never this? returned to Lego, though, did you? You like, as of thirteen, you stopped. That was it, right? Yes. You never felt compelled to, like. Pick it up again after a few years, or no? Like that. Uh, the the limitations of having to do things in blocks like that were, was so frustrating to me that I, you know, doing more complex things and having it have to be on sort of a grid in three dimensions. Yeah, but what about using the higher end, like the expert builder stuff? Yeah, or the, yeah. You know, no, what's I now called the technic stuff. stuff. Yeah. So you never like you never got into the, any of the technic stuff, even when you were younger. Uh, I think I had a couple like of the the, small like, kits, like with the gears and the yeah, hydraulics yeah. and any of that crap. You, I did, but like it, it, it always—I don't know—it frustrated me somehow. I, I can see that. I mean, it's it's pretty precise stuff, and it's not like as simple as just following. No, these. no, no. It, it didn't frustrate me from like a mechanical engineering point of view. It frustrated oh. me from a limitations point of view, like from oh. a, I have to have this thing be square over here because there are oh, no, see. you know what I mean, like that kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, the, you were talking aesthetically speaking, the blockiness of it all. Yeah, yeah. No, eventually course. drove me nuts. I can, I can dig that. Yeah. That. Um, why? What does this have to do with aliens? Oh, well, I guess technically, let's see here. Uh, I was a very passionate Lego enthusiast as a youngster. And um, I have very fond memories. I can remember. Okay, so 1986, I was in sixth grade. Uh, that's one of the neat little features of, of me being born in 1974. Right. I don't know if you can... I think Mine is the same off, way. I'm, I'm one you're year... You're off by a year. One, yeah, so I start the years and you end the years that you went... Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. So yeah, in 86, or I was the in other sixth way, grade. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's handy for remembering that shit. Anyway, uh, my best friend at the time, a fellow named Andy, um, Andy actually had a really profound impact on me in a couple of ways. He was the first kid I ever... Well, we became like best friends really quickly um, in third grade, and he he was only in town for like three years, so we were like best buds from like third through sixth grade. Um, and what was really interesting about him was that he introduced me to the concept of mixing and matching toys. Okay, so he would mix his GI Joe guys with his Lego, with his Transformers, with whatever. And as if that wasn't enough, he felt totally cool. To modify his toys, right. he he had. Remember, do you remember those uh, those outliner pen paint markers sure. with the silver and the color? Yep. Um, he would like take his transformers and he had this. He, he did a really fantastic job. He had an ad at one of the you know one of the original internal Ken, Kenner ad ads. I had one. And he yeah, I didn't have one. He had one, and he fucking went to town on that thing with a, with a couple of different colored paint markers. And I thought it looked super cool, man. I mean, it took him forever, but it had you know the whole shiny silver thing. Um, had a really cool effect and you know and then his bedroom was laid out it was interesting um they had what, what were called eaves which are these little sort of like closet like sure you know kind of tuck you know uh you know his his bedroom was above their garage right. and it had a pointy a very steep pointy roof so in the space between the angle of the roof and and his wall uh there was little crawl spaces so he had three or four of these in his bedroom which he then sort of dedicated to little worlds so one was sort of like you know the and, and he had all these different like anyway he was a really interesting creative fellow what does he do now uh now he's a uh an english teacher uh he lives in japan he's lived in tokyo for the past 10 years uh and teaches japanese businessmen how to speak english nice it's and funny also, you, you uh, thir- like a ninth deg- or third degree black belt in aikido like he actually moved to japan uh, like to study Aikido and 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 then teach English and and he I don't think he's practicing Aikido anymore, but he's definitely teaching people English. So. I, I you know it's funny when you said he'd like to mix his toys. Yeah, I never liked to do that. Yeah, I never did either until he sort of opened my eyes to that. So here here's coming around. So he and I, um, 
I remember vividly like renting Aliens and watching with his older brother, Kevin, who is an interesting character in his own right. Um, and as soon as we finished watching that movie, um, we went right back to his room, busted out the Legos, and worked on trying to replicate those badass vehicles. Like we made, we made a pretty reasonable facsimile of the, the, you know, the armored troop transport with the big wheels. Yep. And then we, we got a little caught up on, we tried to make um, the, the, the whatever, the, 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 the flying troop transport, the thing that drops that, you know, the drop ship, I think is what it was called, um, with, the, with the really cool wings that came out with the missile launchers. We, you know, we tried to make one with the wings that actually moved the way they did in the film, but that got a little bit more complicated. Um, but the point is, it's interesting how, you know, things like that can, 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 can st- sink so deep sure. into, your, into your brain. And, um, and, and so for me, uh, the reason why I like, I think the reason why I like Aliens so much is less about the actual movie, the script, and all the other stuff, and as much, if not more, about the the context in which I was exposed to the film. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. So I think that's that that's yeah. that's my point. See, I didn't see Aliens until I was probably in high school. Okay. So maybe that's my problem. Maybe. I and you probably like some other and it, yeah, it would, would be like watching thing. Star Wars having never seen it and then kind of being like, all right, this is kind of stupid. And then other Late people the go, party. oh my yeah. God, this is my life when growing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine you could say the same thing about uh, music as well. Sure. Um, another one of my favorite weird little examples of 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 something that's become commonplace now, but but back in the late '80s was still sort of new. Um, I was also a really, uh, I guess, early adopter of hip hop music. I was definitely one of the only kids in my class um, who was actively pursuing, you know, artists like. The Beastie Boys and Run DMC sure. and LL Cool J. And this is like in, again in like 1986, 87, um, when our local record stores, you know, our Sam Goodies and Sam Goody. well, Tower Records, yeah, didn't. You know, I, we had to go into like, you know, I had to go into New York City to a to a big proper record store to get to get my hands on those tapes. <laughs> records. I didn't buy records. I was a tapes user. Yeah. Um, but my point is, uh, case in point, you know, example A for me, uh, the Beastie Boys first official release uh, licensed to ill was little did I know my first exposure to Led Zeppelin and Steve Miller and you know any of these other popular art you know rock classic rock samples you know these guys you know so when I finally did eventually get into uh, into the you know Led Zeppelin and other acts like that um, I'm like oh I've heard this before this is sure this is from this and and now that shit happens all the time now, now you don't know where the original is yeah you know I, and it matters less I think too but um, I don't know I, I that that whatever you want to call that that little first this kind of echoes back to our first impressions thing um, well okay well really... there, there's the question then is is yeah. it is it that you and I are not all are nonplussed about 3d because we're so used to watching our movies the way we watched them I'm nonplussed about surround sound music because I grew up on two channel. You know what I mean? Like, is it, yeah, is it a, really is, it a is it a bias thing just from history? I think, I think what, what we're both talking about, the thing I was just about to say before is something that I don't, I don't think it, it gets enough credit. And, and that is that, uh, I'm trying to say, figure out the best way to say this without sounding kind of cheesy. But here's here's the best I got. Okay. The way you feel about yourself or about your situation in the you know we'll say the context uh, you know your emotional context um, at the time of exposure uh, is way more significant than I think people give credit. Sure. You know I think that has a lot more to do with how, why people like dislike prefer you know not prefer things. Um, anything from, from, from food to, 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 I was, I was just thinking about branding for a minute, man. I was in, I was in a car, I was looking out the window and I looked at this guy and he was riding a bike. Uh, and on the side of the bike, uh, it said Raleigh and I was thinking about it. And the reason why it's stuck in my brain is because my father, um, happens to prefer uh, Raleigh bicycles. Okay. And so I thought about it some more and then I remembered the reason why my dad bought a, Rale- a, a Raleigh bicycles because his 
first bike, when, when, when I first got my first bike, my dad bought a bike too. He wasn't a bike, big, big time bike rider as a kid, but since we grew you know, since I grew up in the New Jersey suburbs where biking was much more popular, uh, he got a bike. So his first bike that he made a, I think a, a truly emotional connection to was a Raleigh. Um, now that's not to say that Raleigh makes, you know, right. a particularly terrific it, bicycle. It's not to say that a modern Raleigh has anything to do with a Raleigh from 1984. Exactly. And that's and that's my point. It's like it's it's just fascinating to me how 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 random brand loyalty is. Very odd. Because here's the thing, man. You, you know, we could say the same thing about Canon and Nikon or Microsoft and Apple or any of this shit. Yeah. It, it it doesn't really fucking matter because they're all tools and they all I guarantee you that that you know, if we, we, we talk to any one of the manufacturers, let's let's go back to bikes for a second. We talk about you know, you pick out the the top five best selling bike brands out there in right. the world and their finest bikes or even their, their you know, whatever we'll pick, you can pick out like their, you know, their, their entry level, their, you know, advanced amateur and then their professional, you know, whatever their, their offerings are, they're all going to be really fucking close to one another, yeah. like close enough where it's not really enough to make that big of a difference. Like if you got stuck with one, that of them, always it's not cracks gonna, me up. It's not going to ruin. That always cracks me up. It's not going it to ruin your experience. Uh, um, clothes. That, you know, people who are like big, like clothes hounds, they like buy, you know, whatever, say Calvin Klein, whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, but the cheap Calvin Klein stuff, just because it says Calvin Klein on it doesn't mean that it's anything to do with the high end Calvin Klein stuff or, you know what I mean? Like these people have this stuff so segmented, but people see the label and you automatically assume, oh, it's going to be high quality because it says Calvin Klein on it. When in reality, it's just as crappy as whatever you buy at Walmart, which actually might be Calvin Klein. You know what I mean? Like, right. no, it's true. And then, you know, it, it, it boils down. I mean, Suckers. there's no, <laughs> there's no secret too. I mean, yeah. what makes, what makes a particular product expensive? In my opinion, there's two things, uh, human energy, like the amount of time that went into or materials, thinking about it, designing it, making it all of all of, it's time. We'll just say time. Yep. And then materials, exactly. How much does the th- do the components actually cost? How difficult were them to get? Were they to get? Uh, how much did they cost to ship? Sure. Uh, you know, how much did they cost to make? Those sorts of things. So, so that it's just simple economics, man. I mean, if 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 the thing is you know is expensive, it, it, somebody either spent a really long time on it, and or uh, it's got some expensive parts. Yeah. And that's that's why and that's why your adcom amp costs. Yes. You know, four hundred. And because they're only watts. selling. 2,000 of them a year versus selling 200,000. Yeah, because 000. some dude in, in a warehouse is making one a day yeah. by himself, yeah. by hand. And it's and funny you know because in the be audio good. world, my yeah. Adcom gear that I have running my B&W speakers is like low-end mm-hmm. junk. No, I'm sure. It's like, it's no, it's not low-end junk, but it's like, eh, okay, yeah, you can come into the clubhouse. It's, you know. Yeah, it's entry level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it costs me five, six grand, you know. To get from my CD player to my preamp to my amp before I even bought the speakers, you know. But this That's is, but this is, That's you know, insane. this is a whole other. And then there's diminishing returns and the whole thing. It's just, it's all very interesting. But wait, how did we start this originally? Oh, it was about 3D. We were talking about 3D, and I guess it's all kind of relative. I mean, we, we, um, I guess, I, I guess, guess it's like the next step of some sort of technology and how how these things relate to your own experiences and your own history. Let me ask you this, uh, just sort of as a final thought. If someone came to you, client X came to you and said, hey, Bill, love your work. We want to do a 3D shoot. What would you say to them? Good question. I don't know. Oh, come on. Uh, I'm client X. Bill. my, my, My initial thing is no thanks. But then. But we love your work. Yeah. We have lots of money. We'll pay you. Yeah. If I had control, yeah, sure, I'd try it. But, I mean, it's, it's much like photography. You know, there's a lot of photographers who are starting to shoot video, you know, now and all the rest of it. Hmm. To me, it's just True. like, okay, but there are already people who shoot video. They're called videographers, and they're better at it than any photographer is going to be. But we like you, Bill. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Like, it's <laughs> no, just kind of like, it's, no, of course. you know. Um, but 3D, yeah, I'd give it a shot. But I, but I still think yeah. it's, but I still think that it's. I think that it is a gimmick. I don't think people are going to start having 3D photographs all over the place all the time. You know. Well, I think part of the problem with that um, 
is that as the state of the technology currently exists, you still need an accessory. Yes. You still need a, a you know, you still need to wear glasses yeah. to see it. Uh, I think what's really, you know, if you really want to get into the future of 3D, I think it's 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 the development of the accessoryless well, of the standalone. If you no, will, absolutely. But the, I mean, the qu- the other question is whether or not it's really about fidelity of the original or if it's a creative tool. You know, uh, mm-hmm. th- look look how many photographs we all love that are black and white. People still shoot black and white all the time, even though black and it's white true. was only a stepping stone to get to color in many people's eyes. Like, yeah, that's the best we could do at the time. Then when we came up with color. But people yeah. still love black and white. People still love yeah. mono recordings. There's, you know, crazy people who are into yeah. mono, you know. So No, it's true. You know, there's crazy people who are <laughs> There are people who like MP3s better than freaking yeah, well, those people CDs now. Need to be learned. But, you know, but they need to be schooled. <laughs> but no, but you know, yeah. so but you, those people happen to be children. <laughs> right. But but you know, so we'll, even even if 3D gets really good and you know, you can have holographic things in front of you like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like at a certain point, I bet you there's still people then Everyone who are going to be like, I like flat pictures because, you know, they have a certain thing that 3D doesn't have. It's like there's always going to be. You mean Princess Leia? Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Princess Leia. I mean, if you're talking about sorry, original yeah, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. Sorry, I was I'm just speaking too fast. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Exactly. You know, that whole thing. You're my only hope. Although, you know, you also have a thing with the weird floating Jedis at the end of the movie. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to get really into it, I mean, after, after, for the third, you know, for the second set of uh, movies, you know, for episodes one through three, they they were all about the crazy holograms right. all over the place. I don't know. It just, it just. I, I wonder if any of that, like, if this, if that's the kind of stuff that, if three D is the kind of thing where it's going to become the norm and everything else is secondary. I don't believe that's the case. I think it's always going to be a niche thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's questionable. I mean, the other thing that I think that we're not we haven't they're spending a it, lot of money trying to get you to believe that it's something more than a than a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's just and that's it. always suspect. Say. It's like follow the money, you know. <laughs> like yeah, well, yeah. And then speaking of money, that's the other thing is that three um, D is like it's not just twice as expensive. Yeah, it's like it's five times as expensive, five times yeah. as expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot more work. Yeah, it's but, true. Uh, We'll see what the future holds, yeah, right? Absolutely. And uh, at that, uh, let's meet yeah. next week and see what that future holds. Indeed. And uh, I'm a little sad to say that nobody heeded our call, my call, for submissions this week. Not a single post on the blog. Bitches. With a recommendation. A lot of them. Or, or criticism or any sort of feedback whatsoever. Well, I'm sad. Well, Can you see me crying? I'm crying. I do see you crying. I tried to get you to cry earlier tonight, but you didn't do it. Well, that's true. You didn't, but, uh, you didn't hit me hard enough. I didn't hit you hard enough. <laughs> 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 All right, so go comment anyway. so that uh, Dan knows how you yeah. feel. Please, please, please. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.